opportunity. God is good. He is good. I'm going to set my timer, and uh, we're getting close to Christmas. It's a week and a day away. How many of you have not begun to shop yet? Wow, it's all men. No, one woman. I, asked, I was talking to one gentleman before church. I said, have you shopped? And I haven't bought a thing. He said, I send a text message out to everybody in my family and have them tell me what they want. And if I don't get a response back, they don't get nothing. So that's kind of a smart way to do it. Just got to be careful what they ask for. We got a video here we're going to show. It isn't very long, but I want you to watch it. It's actually, it would say, a car commercial. But don't just think I've lost my mind. Pay attention and watch this commercial. And you're wondering, what in the world did that have to do with Jesus? It has a whole lot to do with Jesus. It has a whole lot to do with this season. I like to go through the book of Matthew in chapter 1. How important does listening play a role in our relationship with Christ? Men have a, an uncanny ability to tune out what they don't want to hear and tune in what they want to hear. How many of you men would agree with that? I've got to be so careful because I get entrapped myself so often up here. And, and, uh, but we have that ability, don't we, Kevin? Yes, we do. We have the ability to hear all oh, the other Kevin. Both Kevins are amen in that one. But uh, th- th- there's, there's some things we feel like it's better off to not completely hear it than to try to hear any of it at all. Right, Bill Rickman? Bill Rickman has been to uh, Branson this past week, and now he thinks he's a walking comedian. So if he comes up to tell you something... He's been to see the Presley show, whatever that is, and I don't know if he thinks he's Elvis, I'm really not sure, but he thinks he's funny, and so beware of uh, Billy's selective joke-telling. Uh, but we have the ability to hear our wife saying something, and all of a sudden, we, literally, we can tune it out, and they'll say, did you hear me? No. I heard volume. In our house, the way our house is laid out, uh, so often, the, the living room is, and the kitchen is kind of in the center part. And then bedrooms go off different directions from the house. And I remember a couple times this past week we were showing the house again and, and uh, showed it yesterday. again. showed it three times this week and showed it yesterday. And I don't know how many times I'd be in another room getting things done that my wife said we need to get done. And, and notice how I said that? Did y'all catch it? That she said we needed to get done. And so I was in another room as I was walking. I'd hear her start talking. I wasn't going to stop. She already sent me in there. I'm going to keep on walking. Then I get in there and I go do what I'm doing. You know what I'm saying, Luke? And I get it done. And I walk back in. She goes, you hear me? I said, nope. And she'll tell me again. The thing is, this goes both ways. It isn't just Dwight that has that, but I do have it. But there's something about us in our walk with the Lord that we do have selective hearing. There are certain things that we hear taught and certain things that we are, we are actually challenged about, and we just kind of halfway embrace it. 
We don't really fully digest it. We don't really embrace when the Lord tells us things. I'm going to jump ahead and tell you my story because many of you, almost all of you have heard the story how we came here. But I'm going to just take one little part of it. There have been so many times in my life little things the Lord has spoke to me about them and I didn't pay enough attention. I just kind of wrote it off or thought it really wasn't Him speaking or, or whatever. And it wasn't out loud, but it was just something I knew. He kind of prompted me and I knew something and I just kind of avoided it and went ahead and done what I was going to do and it ended up costing me. Something break, I broke, I lost something, hit myself in the nose. I don't know, whatever. There's been a variety of things over the years that I didn't pay attention and I should have. Because I believe that God really speaks to us intimately if we'll give him a chance. The problem is, we're just like on here. We hear bits and pieces and we think we know what he's speaking. But in all reality, we're not paying that much attention in the first place. So when we were in Kentucky, and I've always said this, that some of us are a little more dense than others. Some of us are a little harder to communicate to. And, and I know that I'm that way because I, I don't know about you, but how many of you ever jumped the gun when somebody's talking you start trying to... Help, help them out? You, you, okay, hurry up already. You, and I, I, used to, I used to be that way. I'm not like that anymore, but I used to be. In, and, okay, I am still that way. But anyway, <clears throat> there was a time in Kentucky when we were pastoring. I've been praying about a variety of things. And, and that one morning, you all remember that Sunday morning. I remember, it's, it's like I can go back in slow motion. I remember getting my clothes out of the downstairs closet in that bedroom and walked around the bed and went down the hallway and Walked down the hallway and turned left to go into that restroom to, to go in there and start getting ready for church that morning. It was early, probably 6.30 or so in the morning. And I walked in there, and that's when I audibly heard God say, Bloomfield, Missouri. And most of you have heard the story, but some of you haven't. And I heard him say it, and I remember looking to where the sound came from because there was a light over the sink, over the vanity. And I remember turning and saying, what is Bloomfield, Missouri? I didn't know anything about Bloomfield. I, I passed through one time many, many years ago, but I didn't know anybody here. And I remember looking up like I was going to see God standing there, and I was addressing him backwards. And, but that was the morning that I heard him. That was the morning that he didn't respond. He didn't say anything back. I didn't hear anything else. And for six months, all I remembered, and I don't think I ever even told my wife, but for six months, I would think from time to time, what's Bloomfield? And then six months later, all of a sudden, everything fell into place, and when he spoke it then, it all came to life then. The issue is this, if I had not heard him then, I would not have understood in six months. And it is no different in any of our lives. When God speaks, we have to be paying attention. And in the passage we're about to go to in the book of Matthew, we have a scenario that's volatile, it's crazy. I don't think I could have dealt with it the way this guy did. But listening and paying attention does affect the outcome of who we are. And when you and I cannot embrace what he speaks, so the Lord puts somebody in our life to speak to us, then, friend, it's going to be a completely different outcome. Things will never be how they could have been. If you refuse to listen to your spouse or your husband, your wife, or, or those that give you counsel, then things will never be what they could have been. And I don't know about you, but we've been very blessed to be in Bloomfield. We just have. And as I'll go back to Brother Cooper's word of prophecy to me about six months into pastoring here, and we were at a little church, and, and, and I don't even remember the outcome or the reason why he came, but, but I remember he came to the parsonage, and, and he said, Pastor, I want to talk to you. And he began to talk to me, and he said, the Lord spoke to him, and he said, I want you to go tell Dwight this, that you will have your great, you've heard this before too, many of you have, and I know I've told it, but many of you haven't. But he said, while you're in Bloomfield, you will have some of your greatest 
battles like you've never imagined in your life while you're here in Bloomfield. But you will also have some of your most incredible successes and some of the greatest blessings of your life will be while you're here. There will be both. But be ready because they're both coming. I remember it so vividly. There's been times the Lord has sent people into our life with a message and a purpose. And if you will listen, and if you will not be too stubborn, yep, that was the emphasis of the Holy Spirit. And if you will, again, okay, Lord, we got it. I'm going to go to this one. I think I'm getting shocked. Seeds of the Holy Ghost. I want you to stay with me. And I'm going to kind of kind of go through scenario here. You know the difference between Joseph and many of us? We would have said, I don't care who's conceived by it. ain't mine, and I'm not sticking around. And as a matter of fact, we have a problem with that with men anyway when it is theirs. So we won't go to that one. But anyway, so here we have a scenario here with this, that Joseph was willing to listen. Now, we know that he loved Mary, and he didn't understand the scenario necessarily, and neither will you. But let me share this with you. When there is a time of enlightenment, and there's a time that something is revealed in your life, Pay attention. Pay attention. There is a reason why God has selectively given you a message or he's given you a challenge or he's brought something specifically in your life. We talked in, out of Ephesians 2 this morning in Sunday school that there's stages in, in this journey. And in the beginning is when we were out in the world and we we're doing our own thing. But, but then after we come to Christ and it's because of grace and mercy, not, not of our works, and, and after that, then it begins to be a pattern of life that God has established us in a different way so that the future generations can see something different. The problem that we have, how many of y'all remember the message last week? I'm going to ask you, how many of you in the past week have been doing this? Selfie sticks. That's a shame, Nick Rowe. That is a shame. That was a joke. Okay. But we spoke last week on selfies. And the reason a lot of us never get and we never receive and we never become who God intended us to be is because we refuse to listen. We only hear bits and pieces. You may like the part about Christianity that we all go to heaven. You may like the part about Christianity that God is a God of favor and a God that brings direction. But you may not like the part that he says you need to live moral. You need to live right. You need to keep your mind where it's supposed to be. You need to be just. You need to treat your family right. We don't want to hear that. So it's not selective hearing. And Joseph took on everything. And he became the man that every woman wishes they had. He loved her for her. He loved her for her. That went on and he could have ignored it. He could have quit. And he could have begun to blame Mary, but he didn't. He listened. And he humbled himself to the embrace that was ahead of him. Here's the thing. I really believe that only him and Mary knew where the baby came from. Nobody else understood. Nobody else could have understood. Some of you are sitting there with a skeptic's eye saying, do you really think that guy with that kind of a sweater or whatever it is, you really think he heard an audible voice? And the thing is, it was my experience. You don't have to like it. You don't have to agree with it. You don't have to believe it. But I was there, and it happened. I wasn't there when Gil had to place the mass in him. I wasn't there when Preston got told he had the mass in him. But I can tell you this. I've heard the results afterwards, and he's not making it up, and I know he's not making it up either. So I know that God does things. So here we have the scenario. Let's go to Luke chapter 1. It wasn't just easy for Joseph, but we know he eventually embraced, and, and he said, okay, Lord, I'll do what you want me to do. I'll be what you want me to be. I'll go where you want me to go, obviously. And then we go to chapter 1 of the book of Luke. 
We have another scenario that it's not always easy to really embrace, but she listened and paid attention. Verse 34. Then said Mary unto to the angel, How can this be, seeing I don't speak since I don't, I've never had relations with a man? And the angel said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, the power of the highest shall overshadow you, and therefore the holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she also conceived a son in her old age, and in the sixth month with her, and he, who was called barren. Verse 37, for with God nothing shall be impossible. And I think this unique thing about this scenario is that we know that Joseph was older than Mary. She was a younger lady. We know that, uh, I don't know the history of him. You can read in, in a lot of Catholicism has a lot of uh, different teachings on Mary and Joseph. But there's one thing about it. They both listen and embrace something that everybody else probably would have struggled with. And there's probably some things in your life this morning that you may struggle with. But if we would just humble ourselves and listen, and maybe, maybe if we would just listen, everything can change. But I'll tell you this. I had another video I was going to show, and it was about this guy. Um, that somebody was telling him all their problems. He said, oh, yeah, yeah, mm, that's, oh, okay, okay. And he absolutely didn't have a clue because he never listened. And in our lives, sometimes we look at God the same way because we never listen. Most believers miss way too many things because they fail to pay attention. If either Joseph or Mary had resisted this divine instruction, this direction that was given to them, if they had not paid attention, then we would have had a completely different scenario. God would have had to use someone else. Go to Luke chapter 2, if you will. It wasn't just Mary and Joseph that learned to listen. Now, this is a lesson to everyone in the church this morning. Every person in this building has authority in your life. Whether you like it or whether you don't. Whether you listen or whether you turn a deaf ear. But I'm going to tell you this. If you ever want the favor of the Lord in your life, you better listen to your authority. And that goes to adults, and it goes to kids, and it goes to teens. This is not a real Christmassy message, but I'm going to tell you this. The blessings of Christmas can only come by those who listen to his authority. In the book of Luke chapter 2, you'll read, it's, it's kind of a quick, fast process of Jesus' life from birth to the Magi, the wise men, the shepherds, the scenario. And then all of a sudden in chapter 2, we have them going back to uh, pay taxes. They're on their way to Jerusalem, and whatever, not taxes, but back to Jerusalem on the way back home. At the Nazareth, he's on his way back, and Jesus stays there, and they, they travel with whole crowds as the whole community went, and everybody watched each other's kids and that kind of thing. And, and so Jesus stayed in the temple, and, and when they came back three days later, they found Jesus in the temple. Now, you may not think this is a big deal in your life, but I'm going to tell you this. It is a huge deal in your life. God places authority in your life not just for the authority. He places authority in your life for a purpose for you to have direction, period. And there is not one exempt. And here's the thing about authority. Authority is not only irrelevant if you have need. Authority is as relevant whether you're rich or poor, smart or dumb, old or young. It doesn't matter. Authority is always in our life for a purpose. And when you begin to not listen to your authority, you begin to go in a direction after somebody else who didn't want to listen to authority. And who could that have been? Scripture says that he was cast out of heaven like lightning falling to the earth because he began to think he was equal with his authority. You know, we are an Assembly of God church. 
I love the assemblies. I don't have a tattoo of an AG on my back, on my forearm, even on my mind. But one of the things I love about the assemblies of God is I'm responsible to them. This church is responsible to them. A chain of command is critical in every one of our lives. It just is. Many times authority is in your life, and they're younger than you, but they're still your authority. And so Jesus learned something. The reason I'm bringing this up at this Christmas season, we become so fulfilled on self that we miss many times the importance of this authority figure. How many adults never increase because they won't humble themselves? They never learn to submit. Jesus, in chapter, chapter 2, and verse 52, he said that he humbled himself unto his mom and dad, and he grew in wisdom and favor with God and who? Man. Luke chapter 6 says, Given it shall be given to you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give into your bosom. Let me tell you what's important about right relationships with God. When you have the right one with him, you know how to treat people right. When you don't have the right one with him, you don't treat people right. You do things based on what's best for you. And in this Christmas season, it's not always about buttering somebody else, uh, buttering somebody up to get a gift. It's the spirit behind it. It's about learning to submit and listen and loving people regardless. What if Joseph, what if Mary, what if Jesus refused to listen to the voice that told him and God spoke to him? What if the wise men had never shown up? What if Joseph hadn't listened and went to Egypt when the Lord said, you take Jesus and go to Egypt for two years because Herod's after him? What if the wise men didn't listen whenever Herod said, come back my way and tell me exactly where he is that I can go worship him? What if they hadn't? God would have had to use a whole different scenario of things to preserve the life of Christ. Don't ever underestimate hearing the voice of the Lord in your life. Quit making excuses for making poor decisions. Half of our poor decisions are of poor listening because we don't go to him for our direction. Does everybody still love Jesus this morning? Man, it's so important that we listen. Not like a, don't be mad, but not like a bunch of people who can't hear, but like a bunch of people who can hear. I believe that if God can speak to a 30... Wow, what was I? Thirty-something-year-old guy, out loud, that he can speak to whatever age you are here, out loud. It don't have to happen that way, but it can. I'm almost done. I'm gonna ask the worship team just kind of make your way on back up here. We're gonna go to Genesis in chapter four. Genesis four. probably not many of us that haven't had someone come and approach us and challenge us or talk to us or try to encourage us or maybe even just flat out lay it on the line in front of us. And maybe their method wasn't always right. Maybe it was perfect. Maybe it was the right spirit the way they done it. The words they said were even direct and right. And, and the thing is, it bothered us. It made us mad. And, and so instead of embracing it, we took it the other way and, and we never learned from it. But I believe this morning... If we everyone begin to pay better attention to the promptings and to the things the Lord brings in our life to give us direction, I really believe that your life is going to have a big turn for the positive. If there's always things going on because you keep having another mishap, another mishap, another mishap, it's probably because somebody's not paying attention. In the book of Genesis, we see in the very beginning with, with the first family in Genesis 4, and in the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. 
And Abel he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain and his offering he had not respect. And Cain became very wroth and his countenance fell. It is amazing to me. There's a scripture that I was listening to someone, um, I think the last week, Amy Blau read it in Sunday school. And I encourage you, folks, over the next few weeks, we're going to be doing something different in our adult classes on Sunday mornings. We'd love you to come. They're great educational, and we're going to be doing a servanthood and stepping into leadership. And we need some of you younger couples or some of you that are not coming to those in the morning so you can kind of get maybe engaged to step into some leadership places here in the church. Or if you'd like to get more involved, those are great places to start because it's hard to get people to do things if you're not committed. And and we just need you to come if you can. We'd love to have a little broader scheme of people in leadership places. But anyway. Matthew chapter 12 and verse 37 says, For by your words you are justified, and by your words you are condemned. And there's something about paying attention to your words and what you say and how you deal with them. In this passage in Genesis, in the process of time, both boys brought an offering. Cain brought something that he knew wasn't acceptable. It wasn't. And we have some ladies in our church that, when they go on a women's retreat or whatever, or you just go out to eat together, it, you, it never ceases to amaze me to watch women talk about their food. I'll watch one woman on this side take her fork, reach over in her friend's plate, and get a bite of something and put it in her mouth all the time. If me and a guy are sitting at a table eating, and he reaches over his fork to put it in my plate, he just got my whole plate. We don't do That's gross. You don't do that kind of thing, right? You just don't. That's my food, dude. If my kids come up and want my food, get your own. Right, let them get your own food. Okay, I don't know where that came from. from. Oh, here it is. Inappropriate. Cain knew better. I could go around this room and I could ask you, is murder permissible? Is murder okay? No. Is stealing all right? No. Is, is, is cursing okay? No. Is vandalizing somebody's place? No. Is gossip okay? No, those are obvious. But in this scenario with Cain, he knew what his offering was supposed to be. This wasn't his first one. He'd watched his parents. He'd watched his younger brother Abel. But he still brought something that wasn't right. Abel brought what was expected, a firstling, the fat thereof, something that was without blemish, not just some fruit of the field. And it was his first fruit. Verse 6, And the Lord said unto Cain, Why are you wroth? And why is thy countenance fallen? Wow. I could tell you so much about the countenance fallen of an individual. Because when you and your countenance, and we'll just stay here with me, me from the outside looking into you, when I watch your life and I begin to see countenances fallen, something's not right spiritually. It's just not. Something isn't where it needs to be. And friend, you're the only one that can bring attention to that yourself. You know, it's brought attention to me because it's obvious. Something is messed up. Something is not quite right. doesn't always mean you're going to hell. It just means that something needs to be addressed. So the Lord done the same thing with Cain. Why are you wroth? Why is your countenance fallen? If you do well, shall you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lieth at the door. And unto you shall be his desire, but you shall rule over him. Verse 8, And Cain talked with Abel's brother. And it came to pass while they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and he killed him. Why? 
because Cain didn't listen. And I can tell every one of us, if we do not learn to listen, we will end up just like Cain. Wow, who does this hit? It hits every one of us. Every one of us. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads with me as they begin to play.